Letters. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. I am your host, Michaela Superstar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Electric. What up? And also Gerbil. Gerbil's here tonight. You know. Chip, 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 chip. Oh my God, I just saw something I also have to tell you guys, which is not science related, but it's really funny. It is science related. It is science related, and there's one that's not. Science and science fiction. The science fiction one. Uh, nah, I, it's got, I don't know. Anyway, I got one silly story that has nothing to do with anything about my life, but it's so ridiculous. And then let's just get into it. I got some funny stories tonight, guys. And we got some science stories and then I got some sad stories. So we're going to like do like a layer cake of emotions. I think we're going to start <laughs> off real silly and fun and then get slightly horrifying and then sad. But it's going to be a good show. We got some math madness back at you. Pew, pew. And the UFO report was released. Oh, yeah. This month. <laughs> More UFOs as usual. And Lake Superior weirdness. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. An in-depth report on Lake Superior. Is it really superior to what? The other lakes. It's big ass lake. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> ass lake. So, oh my God, where to start? Where to start? Should we do the drinks first? Should we just get it all out of the way? Let's get I it out there. I think that's the place to start. All right. Okay, what are you drinking? Okay, I just ate an edible because I'm still sick. Because I'm constantly oh. sick during the, <laughs> the winter. <laughs> Should we keep track, listeners, of how many times Electric gets sick in a year? So far, the first episode and the third episode, so two-thirds of the show. Dude, you need to wear a mask. I know. And so I'm having ginger turmeric tea. Ah, that's good. That'll make you poop, too. Yeah. Fresh. Poopy. Ooh. All fresh, like cut from the root. Gerbil likes that because he knows it means poop. That's what's up, yeah. <laughs> 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 what are you drinking? Gerbil. Oh me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm drinking my white guy drink. I'm drinking a hot toddy out of a out of a cat mug. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. He's got the best mugs. I know. Yeah. You know. I was oh, sorry. I was pausing to see if I was offended by that, but I'm like, okay, cool. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like flashed my mugs. I'm like, they're not that great lately. Okay. <laughs> you have had some amazing mugs. Yeah, so far so good. Now it's like I'm, I'm just like, oh, am I gonna be a mug guy now? It's all right. I, I'm cool with no, that. No, that's the coolest. The coolest yeah, yeah. people are mug people. I just broke a lot of my best ones. My Joan and Vasquez one that Electric bought me. I broke the handle off, but I use it as like a holder of other things. You know. Well, it had to get you more mugs. Is it a mug? without a thing no 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 i know no. my mother has filled because my mother has filled it with mugs that came from walmart that have flowers on them that are perfectly cute but they're not as cool as like yeah that's totally it no she's obsessed with glasses she's obsessed with cups and glasses so we literally have an entire large deep cupboard filled with glasses and mugs and pint glasses no but thank you in the future when i break all of those you got it I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll That's you why know. you need a stash. I even got a mug. I did. My friend, I literally threw a mug away the other day in the trash, <laughs> like a fucking rich person or something. It was like this kind of dirtyish white one that my mom got that said, like, you can do it, quote, like coffee, like coffee is telling you can do it. And I was like, can I throw this away? I was like, can I throw this away now that you got all these like beautiful, pretty teal blue with like floral design mugs that you ordered off the Internet? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, thank God. I got one of one. I rid of one. But no, I have like so many backup mugs I've been throwing away. I have a whole crystal bunch of ones that I put in the freezer that are backup. Like 
My friend Gerbil, I have backup mugs. <laughs> so many backup mugs. I got one for Christmas from Julie because she doesn't know that I don't need them. She has a lot of mugs and she loves to collect more mugs. It's just like there's only so much room in the house. Anyway, I do like them. I do like them. Well, what are you drinking in your mug tonight? I am drinking this gin. I totally forgot the name of it, but it's like one of the other like cheap gins you can buy at Trader Joe's. It's hella good. It's the Texas gin. So they have like an English gin that's like $7.99 that was really fucking good. And then I was like at Trader Joe's with Omar because he visited and we were buying stuff. And then I was like, I forgot they had booze. Like as I'm in line and ran to it. And then he's just like dying. He's like, yup, fucking alcoholic. So I like ran over and grabbed it while he was in line. And it's like Texas gin, botanical gin. And it was like $8. It's fucking delicious. I was like, holy shit, Trader Joe's. You're changing my life. Nice. So I'm drinking the Texas gin from Trader Joe's mixed with just that melon and cucumber seltzer that I've been obsessed with from Soleil, which is the Safeway brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Safeway. They, they're doing it right. Man. I love cucumber melon. It's like one of my favorite things, right? I'm like, oh. It's really good. Yeah. And then uh, just a tiny bit of the melon liqueur because I had literally like one cocktail left of it and it turns it green and I was like, cute. Yeah, it is really cute. So that's what I'm drinking. I don't know. I should name it, but. Melon mystery because you don't remember what the gin was. Yeah. The melon mystery. Even though you did remember which gin it was. Initially, you didn't remember. So that was mysterious. Yeah, it was just like, I don't know the name of it. It's just like their Texas gin. It says Texas Botanical, but I don't know the actual like, gin, you know. <laughs> Trader Tex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get to do that anymore. Tex? Texas? No, like, no, remember they used to pick a place and be like, if it's from there, they'll like name it. They don't do that anymore, I don't think. Oh, I heard they still did it anyway. I haven't been there in a while. We'll have to do some investigation. We'll get back Follow to you. Follow up. I'll get back oh, to you. Assignment. Let me write it down. Go to Trader Joe's. Do they still call shit? Do they still call shit Trader Jose's if it's Mexican food? It's what you need. <laughs> That's why people were upset. It was like Trader Jose and like Trader Juan and like Trader. <laughs> Like an Ahab. Like, I don't remember. Ahab? I don't know where that's from. Ahab is made up. I just like that name. Like no, that but name. like Trader Jose. Oh. Re- really? Yes. Like- yeah. It would be like salsa. <laughs> it would be like Trader Jose salsa. Like, um, I don't know if that's all right. I wasn't mad about it, though. I thought it was clever. haha. Well, but- good. Good. I'm glad that we got your voice in this because maybe it was just a fucking angry white lady who got mad about it and not someone like yourself who is of American Mexican descent. Yeah, I just was like, haha, because it's salsa. Like, I would, I don't know. Represent Jose. I guess people could be mad about it, but I wasn't, and that's true. I ate that salsa. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if they still do it. Yeah. I don't know if they still do it. We'll, we'll investigate. They should just stick to Europe because that's where they're from. It's like you can name it all kinds. Or of- Texas. Trader Tex. Right. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Yeah. Do some investigation of your own. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do some investigation. <laughs> Trader Tex near you. But I think also Omar was uh, like astounded, probably astounded that there wasn't a line out the door to get into the Trader Joe's because there's a bunch oh, of yeah. them in California. He was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah. We just got in line and got wrung up. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. When I go, there's not a line. There's just a lot of people there. When I was in line, I informed the girl that um, I had sex with the guy that was balding in high school because 
I was like, yeah, man. Like, it was hella funny because I realized that, yeah, I guess I do stand up like everywhere I go. And that's why I think we actually need to read reality TV show. Uh-huh. And I was like with Omar, who also is a really good, like, straight person, like you are, you know? And I don't mean that as who you have sex with. I mean, as like the straight a man. A comedy. Yeah, a comedy uh, me- mechanic mechanism or whatever. Yeah. It's like you need someone to be like pretending that you're normal. Or, like, going along with your joke to make it everyone more comfortable with being, like, it's funny. Like, Ed McMahon and shit, you know? Like, recently you were like, we should plan an argument to have in public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we really do. Do we do that? We do. Yeah. Because it'll be, like, ridiculous. But it's, like, that's part of the thing. Yeah. Like, lobsters are better than cornflakes. Everyone knows that. And it's also, a, if you're going to do, like, if you're going to entertain people, you're going to do live, like, podcasting, live comedy or whatever it is a good way to practice your improvisation it's like why stop you know you got street theater right it's like we when we lived together we did it all the time we'd pretend that we were like an angry lesbian couple fighting over bread and i was like constantly like i was constantly exasperated with you and you were always just like super calm and like zen about it and i was like i wonder if people write whole novels in their head about our life together it's because i'd be like (laughs) i'd be like jesus fucking christ just pick some bread it's not fucking rocket science You've been here for like 10 minutes. Just pick a fucking loaf of bread. And you'd be like, what? I, I don't know what I want. And I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Like, you wouldn't act scared or anything. It was just you were like, I don't know what I'd like, though. It's like sourdough or do I get? And I'd be like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Or like, you know, but it's like Electric always does have perfectly play into it. And actually, Omar does does a really good job, too. And he's like, uh, oh, he was talking about something about hair. He's obsessed with hair. Right. And then he was like, oh, you know, those guys who used to they used to go start going bald in high school. I was like, yeah, I fucked him. And then like they both him and the <laughs> the fucking cashier start laughing. And I was like, hell yeah. And I was like, you know what they say about dudes are balding? And they're like, no. And I was like, they have high testosterone levels. They have big ass cocks. And then the girl's like, I did not know that. And I was like, I, I didn't know that either. I yeah, went bald was- in high school. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I'm just saying. And then there, I was like, I was like, I'm just saying statistically too. Obviously, there's exceptions to the rules. And Omar's laughing his ass off, and he's like, Are you serious? I'm like, Yeah. Look at, look around. And I told this to Claire when we worked at the museum, and she was obsessed with that. And I said to the girls, like, You'll never unsee it. You won't unsee it. And she's just, because at least she's laughing, dude. You burned it. Yeah, in her she's memory laughing, guys. Also, I'm not just trying to like bring this weird shit up to her. Like she was not offended because she kept kind of like egging me on like i did not know that like really she was like really like so if you're gonna say really to me you're, you're obviously egging me on <laughs> like i have scientific proof and i was like seriously like look at a lot of bald dudes they have got they wear pleated pants you know why they gotta they gotta hide that big dick and then she was like shut up i'm like tell me you won't every time you look at a bald-headed dude you see him with pleated pants you're gonna be like oh my god and i'll be like yeah yeah and like so like claire who used to work at the museum with me we would she'd always be nudging me all day she'd be like pleated pants pleated pants bald head i'm like i told you i go go for, I'd be like, go for it girl you know like t- i'd be like go test my science she was obsessed like test my scientific i don't know so was, i was like and if it's not like a big dick they have a big libido I was like, bald dudes either have a big dick or they want to have lots of sex or they're good in bed or something. It's like a thing. I swear to God. I was like, test my theory. And she was, I was like, or they're just horn dogs or something. I was like, I feel like there's a thing. And she was like, oh my God, it's so funny. And I was like, yeah, I'm just saying. It's a hormone thing, I think. I don't know. A testosterone thing. Guys with really nice hair a lot of times just like are kind of like wet noodles in bed. I'm like, you look great. You have great hair. But like, geez, a little adventure here. So anyway, I'd rock this girl's moral. I'd try her jaws. She was like, thanks. She was like, have a great time, guys. That sounds awesome. 
Yeah. I like I was with a dude had like more than a full head of hair though. Like dreadlocks down to butt. You know, I was like, sorry. He was probably wearing a headband though. He was always wearing a headband. Speaking of Omar, one of my best friends in the world came to visit me from New York City because he's fucking awesome and like yeah like i'm pretty fun man so like a lot of my friends miss me and he has a lot of other friends out here so and like one of his best friends like lives not that far from me so it's kind of crazy in fact they're even building oh my god so many stories so i I have made so many discoveries about nature and fun stuff in my town so in my in the town i'm living in there's that iron horse trail we've told you guys about and it i found out it runs like 30 fucking four miles from like livermore to concord and i'm like 34 miles of this shit and it goes like all over there's other trails i can take my bike we could ride up to coastal essentially whoa that's awesome we could get all the way to our weed store everybody we could ride our bicycles on a nature trail to my weed store that's cool Oh, my Lord. But not only that, they're extending it like a whole bunch of tilts over 50 miles. That's cool. And one of the places it's going to go is where his friend lives. And I was like, oh, my God, you can ride your bike here from there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right. Not only how fun it is, it's going to be more fun longer. That's awesome. Yeah. When is that going to happen? They're like doing it. Year? Well, they're just constantly b- b- like making additions to this thing that's been that's around awesome. forever. Yeah. And it's like an old railroad trail or whatever f- that was ditched in like the 1960s or something. And then they refurbished it or they made it a trail in the 70s. And then they just keep adding on to it. That's cool. It's so cool. Right. So we're walking and there's this crazy footbridge. that looks like a roller coaster that we've gone by a million times. So, you know, Mar, like, let's walk over that. And there's. Also, like me and Argus had taken some walks around Pleasant Hill and in a lot of these trees, there's like these big balls and we're like, what are those black walnuts? Like, what are those seed pods? Like, what are these? What are these? What are these? And I was like, they're on oak trees. So it's weird. They're not like acorns because the acorns are on the ground and the acorns don't look like that. Like they're giant, like tennis ball size things sometimes. So then Omar's like, what are those fungus? And I'm like, no, no, they're hard and they're hollow and they have holes. I was like, I don't know what they are. But and so he gets super into it and he's like taking Google lens pictures of it. Right. So at first we're looking and I'm like, that's not it's not a fungus because it's not soft. Like it's rock hard. Like like I kept trying to step on one pin in that fucking sentence. So then I was just like, what is this? What is this? And then finally we find it. And it was like wasp nest, like a fucking thing that wasp hibernate in or whatever that you mostly grow on fucking oak trees in the fucking western west coast. And I was like, well, we found it. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, meanwhile, he's trying to, like, throw it in my face. Being like, what is it? What is it? What is it? I'm like, you are so lucky that wasp did not fall out. We're stepping on them. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, is it a walnut? Is it a walnut? It's like, no, it's a fucking wasp bomb. Idiots. So anyway, science. Science saved us. So we put it down. Terrifying. And like he kept cricket. Cre- he's real. And he's like, he grew up in Queens and like really does not want to leave this any city ever. Like I'll be like, let's go on a nature walk. He's like, as long as it's near the sidewalk, you know, it's like, I can see the street from where I am, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, squir- you know, like scared of squirrels and shit, kind of like they make him uncomfortable. What? So it's like he, he all, he kept like, like jiggling his hands like, ew, ew, ew. I can't believe I touched that thing. And I was like, I told you not to touch it, you know, and I kept bringing it up throughout his, the few days he was here and he kept like jiggling his hands like, ah! you know, like yeah, I can't believe I touched it and I was like oh my god dude it's not that big a deal so anyway all if you guys are out there all those weird little balls all over the fucking oak trees around here are wasps Damn, that's some good knowledge and they're that's everywhere science to know they're so prevalent 
They look like fruit or something. I feel like we were just walking under some oak trees the other day by your house. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're on the like, ground? Yeah, they're on the ground. They're in the trees. They're, they're, they look like nuts that have fallen to the ground, and there are a lot of them in the trees. And it's like, holy shit. So they, it's like, do they fall to the ground and come out? Oy vey. At least they're going to... F- you should take a picture of one. Oh, well, yeah, I will. And like, I'm sure they feed a lot of the birds around there, though. I was like, is that what the birds were chasing today? Because those birds were like high-speed chasing something today. Ooh, that would be cool if that's what they were doing. Getting all the wasps. That's my hi- that, So that was my science part of this Omar's visit. We also got the UFO report coming up, Lake Superior, and Kurt Girdle. Math Madness, too. Cheese kebabs. It's five kinds of cheese on a skewer. Keto. Vegetarian. On the go. At the club. Contemplating mortality on the misty cliffs of Dover. At the gym. Comes in three sizes, six inch, 12 inch, and the shit stopper. An entire pound of mixed cheeses on a stick. Couldn't I just make this at home? What? No. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. Okay. So is the cheese roasted like a traditional kebab? No, it would melt melt off, stupid. What's so hard to get? It's a cheese kebab. Available at all fine creameries and 7-Elevens. Get Get your your cheese cheese kebab. kebab. Right, right away. away. You, you won't, won't shit, shit all day. day. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. We're talking about the UFO report that was released earlier this month. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Space update. This was following up on a report that we did earlier or I guess at the end of last year talking about who was on this board of people that was going to put it together. So they found that they had at the end of August 510 total UAP reports, mostly from people who were in the military. So they were like, that's a lot of them more than that was expected. Yeah. Because before that they had only had like 144 reports in a 17-year period, according to, like, this preliminary report that was released in June of 2021. So they're going from, like, 144 to 510 just in the establishment of this, like, board to deal with them. The All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So, there, wait, it says that there was 144 reports in just 17 years? That's a lot. 144 versus 510 by the end of August of 2022. That means in a year they had, like... I know. I'm just saying, like, 144 is already a lot. Yeah. And now you're telling me there's 510? Yeah. Well, it says 163 are balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Balloon-like entities, though, it says. You know what happened? What? You know what happened? They were like, oh, it's balloons. And then they saw Nope, and they were like, or balloon-like <laughs> entities? Like, yeah. Then you don't know. Well, okay. I think it also might have been, like, old balloons from uh, random, like, factory things that blow off. But why would they call it entities? You would call it materials, not entity. That in, that is implicit that it's in a uh, lie. Well, I did transcribe these notes, so it could have been me that put entities. Oh, you could have said entities. <laughs> All right, you're freaking me out. Yeah. Fucking electric. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. It's about the semantics when you come to these fucking bureaucratic assholes. It really is. It's about the wording. Well, guess what? You can download the... Um... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I was going to say... 
like for the listener too, you can download the declassified report from this website that we'll link in the show notes. That's the government website. We can just see it. And it's only 12 pages long. And basically they were like, yeah, 366 things were dismissed. So yeah, a bunch of them were balloons. 26 were drones and six were clutter, which includes birds. And I was like, that's rude. Well, birds are highly recognizable. Yeah, but clutter, like, that's so dismissive of birds. Like, mm, I see. Yeah, let's fuck it up. And then 171 remain uncharacterized, which is, like, kind of a lot. You know, that's... It's a ton. That's a lot. That's more than the 17-year period that preceded it. Yeah. Of 144 reports, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so maybe it's in the classified version of the report what the, some of those things are, but so far it's not been released. But some people, you know, are like, oh, it could probably be like spy stuff too. Okay, like, but even if it's half spy stuff, that's still like hell almost. And then they're just like, yeah, there's no aliens at this time. Like, we haven't seen anything that would make us think that. Bullshit. Dude, this is like, this is what they do. They're like, okay, 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 we're going to give you full transparency. And then they just keep lying. And then it's like, are you, do you think we're fucking stupid? But keeping the mystery alive with just being like 171, we don't know, you know? Mm. What is that? Like some kind of weird tease? Yeah. That's rude. Much like the birds. But yeah, also they expanded it to include air and sea and transmedium objects, which are things that change as they move through the atmosphere. What the fuck? Devices or objects observed a transition between space and the atmosphere or between the atmosphere and bodies of water that are not immediately what? identifiable. USOs. USOs. Things that go into the water and yeah, fly. They had to oh expand it. So they're like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, there's no aliens. There's just what? These crafts that exist, like really like sentient rocks flying themselves around. Like, don't be fucking stupid. We know you know aliens. Every other fuck. What if they were sentient rocks, too? Like, we should oh know God, about that. It's a Rick and Morty episode. But anyway. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I just was like laughing at myself where I was like, that's where I got that from. But yeah, you know, there's so many other fucking uh, governments around the world that have already said that there's you have, there's aliens. So like, what are you doing? You're making me not believe you by just not even admitting there's. If they were smart, they'd be like, yes, there's one race of aliens we know about. We know barely anything about them except that they're not a threat. But instead, they just keep up this guise, and it's like, dude, why the fuck would Canada say that there's so many different kinds of aliens? If there is it, it's fucking Canada. It's not like it's I don't know a country that would make shit up. I don't know what country is that. What country makes shit up? Because there's tons of countries that have... Right? It's like Russia, Mexico, Canada. Like, all these places are... France are like, yeah, UFOs are real. America's in charge of it. It's like, why would they keep saying this? Shame, Sharon, making shit up. Like, really? And then America's like, no. Mm. And that's it. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, don't even fucking insult my intelligence with this report. I'm sorry. I knew it from the start because none of those people had real names, remember? Yeah. Those were fake named people. Those were actors. Crisis actors. Is that what you said, Gerbil? Crisis actors? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, though. Don't get us wrong, guys. We don't really believe in that. But still, it's like sometimes they just think there's people that are put in place there and given fake names. And it's like, you're playing the part of Brick Morton, so, so, the astronaut, <laughs> astrophysicist who worked with the fucking defense department, whose dad worked for DARPA. It's like, yeah, okay, Dick Morton. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. It was Rick Morton before. It whatever. It doesn't even matter. It's all made up. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't like this at all. I don't like this at all. You don't like this nothing report? I don't believe it. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Pretty disappointing, but we did talk about it, and now we've talked about it again. That's called following up on a story. Yeah. Beep, boop, beep, boop. When I said there's no aliens, here's what's interesting to me, though, because I've also been kind of getting on this path myself with exploring all the UFOs and USOs. And a lot of people that I have noticed who have been following this as long as me or longer are starting to lean towards dimensional beings. A lot of people who have been studying this for a long time are like, you know what? They might not be coming from other planets. Like, they really might be us from the future. They really might be interdimensional beings that are coming through portals or a different time, not a different place. And so I wonder if part of this in plain sight thing, which we all know as conspiracy nuts, if you're listening and if you're not a conspiracy nuts, just go look up in plain sight and go look up a bunch of shit and go down that rabbit hole or whatever. <laughs> Welcome to Conspiracy Corner with your hosts, the Bloodletters. But like a, a lot of it is that like essentially the government will do things because of their weird occult fucking bullshit Illuminati stuff. They have to do things in plain sight. They can't just they can't just like take Kennedy out behind closed doors like normal ass people and say he fell down the stairs. They have to take him out in front of everybody. Right. Like it has to be like right there on the 33rd fucking degree that runs through truth or consequences fucking New Mexico like you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there was so much... Sim- and he's driving in a Lincoln town car. <laughs> it's like, they do stuff like that on purpose. It's like, to make people like me sound crazy, but also to just do a ritual, right? So there's a lot of stuff written about their rituals that are done in plain sight. So this might also be them saying, like, essentially in plain sight, whoa, yeah, there's not aliens, but it's like, no, but are they interdimensional beings? Are they time travelers? Are they us from the future trying to warn us? Da, 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 take our DNA. Why is Maybe that's why there's hybrids, because they're like, oh, fuck, we're people from the future. We need your... Look at us. Look at yeah, they're like great we're gray we fucking lost one of our two of our fingers and shit or whatever uh-huh. but maybe they're like we need to integrate back into this other world because we're gonna like maybe we destroyed the world and this is what humans look like and they want to what do you call that when you terraform they want to terraform earth again and bring us back to monkey times like us right we look more like monkeys than they do like because their fingers fell off and they're we're cuter yeah well they got all like sad, you know they look kind of sad and sick right and short it's like eh, i guess monkeys are short <laughs> I that back. but anyway not all monkeys are short some of the apes are big but we're supposed to be like chimps like we're come from chimps we're essentially chimpanzees right so it's like maybe they're like we need to go back to being more human so they come back here so i wonder if also that report isn't them just being like yeah it's not aliens do 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 not gonna tell you the answer though it's like okay yeah they're like they're ancient sea creatures bred from the ancient ones who live in the oceans it's like okay they're not gonna tell us it's atlantis <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like maybe it is just ancient humans right Whoa. who went into hiding so it's like i don't know sometimes when they say things like it's not aliens it's almost like telling us like well then what it's something else that we might believe in which like i said time travelers or things that science believes in science is like yeah time 
time travel could happen. People could travel through wormholes from a black hole to a white hole, right? It's like, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds funny when you say it out loud. And then like, so that sounds even more probable to, I think a lot of people have been studying the phenomenon for so long. It's like, oh, you come from a million miles away and we don't even know where that planet is and we've never seen you before, but here you are from outer space. It's like, maybe you are just coming through a little zip zap. Like here's an earthquake Portal. happening with the quartz and they know that this happens. They have a detector because they have a nice advanced society and they flip flap through there. So I don't know. So maybe that's what they're saying. That's all I'm going to say in plain sight. Ugh, I have this big fart stuck in my funny tummy. I'm afraid if I push too hard, I'll shit my pants. Why don't you call 1-800-FART-KNOCKERS? What's that? Fart knockers will headbutt you in the stomach for a dollar and knock that fart right out of you. A dollar? Thanks, I'll call right away. Thanks, fart knocker. Not responsible for your ass sounding like a machine gun, duck, or other aquatic fowl. May take more than one headbutt to dislodge fart. Sharding and accidental boners may occur. If erection lasts more than two hours, consider getting into BDSM. Do not contact fart knockers to get said boners again. Call 1-800-DICK-FARTS instead. Do not use fart knockers if currently possessed or lactating. Next on the Blunt Letters Podcast, Electric and Michaela Superstar report on News of the Weird. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. We're going to tell you all about Lake Superior weirdness. Lake Superior is a big ass lake. So it's so big (laughs) that it actually covers... (laughs) <laughs> it covers the average of 147 meters or 483 feet and it's temper- 10 or 20 percent of the planet's <laughs> fresh surface water we've gotten conflicting evidence of both but it's a lot of fucking water mm. it's so big that it has shipwrecks in it i read somewhere that they were trying to start calling it an inland sea instead of a lake because people didn't take it seriously enough and people kept drowning like a hundred people a year drown in it because they're like, it's just a lake. And it's like, no, this is a fucking ocean, like a little sea. And they have big ass waves and stuff. So they're actually trying to maybe rename it as a sea. That would be really appropriate. It has its own tides. Right. And like, it's so gigantic that like, and so cold that like, it just has its own weather shit happening all the time. And microclimate. And the water itself has its own special properties, like bacteria doesn't really grow in it because it's so cold. So people, when they get shipwrecked or if if they die, they just sink right into the water. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, because like your body, if it has warm enough water, it will bloat because all the bacteria in your body will like live. Yeah. But if it's cold, you just get sucked under. You kind of just freeze and turn into a popsicle and go to the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Super gross. Mm-hmm. Mm. What if all those people are actually cryogenically frozen and then because of climate change, it dries up one day and all those people are reanimated and come back to life and they're like, what the fuck world is this shit? Maybe. That would be pretty crazy. Hit me up if you want to write. Yeah. Hit me up if you want to write that screenplay with me. Fitty fitty. We millionaires. Anyway, that's fucking scary. It's huge. 
You can they, the largest wave on Lake Superior was thirty one feet high. Thirty one feet. That's bigger than your house. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some famous shipwrecks that have happened there in 1985. Not that long ago, 1985, a ship sank to the bottom of the lake and crew members were lost. Apparently, they have spotted this goat goat ship. (laughs) 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 They've spotted this ghost ship on foggy days. That's not that long ago. I know. That's really scary. And then also, 1902... Back in the day, this is long ago, the SS Bannockburn vanished on Lake Superior with its crew of 21. Wreck and crew have never been recovered. Whoa. That's so uh, crazy. It's like, it's is it? It's so big. It's like... I, yeah, I'm, it's I'm a... with not calling it a lake anymore. Yeah, yeah me it's too. It's so huge. So speaking of things that have never been recovered, there's a very famous UFO incident that also happened on mm-hmm. Lake Superior, the 1953 Kin Ross UFO incident. So November 23rd, mm-hmm. 1953, in Lake Superior, Air Defense Command radar found this unidentified target moving at 500 miles per hour over the lake. So big-ass thing or fast ass thing is moving and they're like we're gonna send a jet to find out who's in our airspace because mm-hmm. you know we're america mm-hmm. and so they take off and they watch the aircraft and then the two blips merged and faded on screen yeah and all communication with the interceptor ceased merged and faded they had been pursuing the object for 30 minutes mm-hmm. so they were really like you had some time it to was watch there. it yeah it wasn't a bird so extensive land and water never found a trace of the craft or the two men aboard it which like again that other boat was never seen again now these mm-hmm. like plane is never seen again and they insisted that a ufo had proved uh on investigation to be Royal Canadian Air Force C-47. And they hadn't actually collided with the plane, but something unspecified happened and the interceptor crashed. Uh-huh. Something okay. unspecified is vague as fuck. Exactly. Can't be exactly. <laughs> the Canadian government repeated denials that any such event ever took place. And I'm like, Canada's like, don't bring me into this bullshit. Yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. They're like, I don't want to be a part of this. So later, this guy, Marine Corps Naval Aviator and UFO researcher, those overlap a lot, as we just talked about. Because Yeah, uh-huh. So Donald Kehoe, he got a hold of a document that made it clear that uh, it considered the Kinross incident a UFO encounter. And radar observer who had been there said, it seems incredible, but... The blip just swallowed the jet that had been pursuing it. Holy shit. And they never found the jet again, right? They never found anything. Nothing. That's so scary. So then later, this guy, Captain George T. Gregory of Blue Book, you know, Project Blue Book, the famous UFO research uh, federal task force thing. Government book of lies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He left when he was asked about this. He left for a short while, came back and said, we just can't talk about those cases. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we're not going to talk about Jowdy. We're not going to talk about it. And now they want us to believe they're going to tell us about it. Yeah, there's a whole lot to tell, man. It's like the whole thing is that there have been so many reports and sightings. It's like they said 144 to 510, but like over the 
last hundred years or so like think of how many people have had you know encounters or feelings or sightings or something Mm -hmm. and like even personally like i know people who have stories yeah and they're not like telling anyone you know Uh uh-huh so it's certainly something to consider like there's a lot of explaining to do man 12-page report is not going to give it to you. Uh-uh. Give me a break. They're so full of shit. Yeah. But Lake Superior is where that took place. Another creepy thing. It's like, why are these creepy things kind of piling up at Lake Superior, you know? Is it just because it's a big body of water and just shit happens? You know, these little seas or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or is there some vortex in there? If the lake was drained, it's the lowest altitude in North America. That's creepy. Is also notorious for dangerous waves, which they have clusters of rogue waves, which you all know I am so, so scared of. So not only do these rogue waves happen in the ocean, they actually happen in Lake Superior and the abno- abnormally large waves are called the Three Sisters because they appear to travel as a trio. Dude. Like how fucking scary like you get three in a row. There's a name for it and shit. It's all like yeah. a legend. Yeah. It says the second and third wave swamping a ship before it recovers from the first battering. So they're still trying to understand the wave's form. I mean, like, we've been talking about this a lot. It's like they don't understand fucking rogue waves. They're an anomaly. But they just found out that it was um, implicated in the 1975 Edmund Fitzgerald loss where there was, like, was it 21 crew members were lost or whatever and they just disappeared like so then it's like they were hit by multiple 30 to 35 foot waves in quick succession and they were like they were headed in the direction of the doom freighter so like oh it was 29 crew members that were lost so they're saying that because the waves followed each other closely the ships couldn't recover or like shed the water from the waves before the other strike because they were huge it's not like you're getting hit with a normal wave that you could recover from these were like 35 30 to 35 foot waves it's like you can't recover that fast from that like a normal wave yeah that the force of the wave would push you under too and you might be able to recover from one if you had like no you know time to recover but they're saying that because it comes in threes you're just fucked that's intense dude just like back to back to back water 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 like you're done after the first mm-hmm. one and if you're not done yeah. after the first one you're like definitely done after the second one and if you're not done after the second one then you're sad to be alive because how could you survive <laughs> that like yeah exactly it's like and they're like it's kind of dangerous for like kayakers and stuff they want to like change the name like i said because they're just like dude this is bad for people to think of this as just a regular ass lake and they've been like like developing this computer model over the last 35 years of conditions and they're like the overall wave climate has been increasing on lake superior due to less ice cover Hello, like I said, climate change. Stronger winds in the winter, which generates larger waves. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're talking about, like, erosion and all this stuff. So, I don't know. It's so weird. Lake Superior is so weird. 
pretty nuts. It's a lot of stuff. Like I said, that's a lot of stuff to be adding up all in one place. It's like, what's going on with that? I know. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. What's happening with the energy there that like... And that's not the only UFO thing over the Great Lakes and Lake Superior. Like, it's always happening. There's tons of UFOs, like things going under the water. So it's like, this is just a little handful of stuff that I've heard about over Lake Superior and the Great Lakes. And even like the Politis thing talks about like maybe things are going like in through the Great Lakes and coming out that aqueduct, the giant aqueduct where people are going missing. The Ogallala Aqueduct. Yeah, because shit happens in Michigan, Lake Michigan too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Weird. Lake Superior. That's wild. (laughs) I I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah. All kinds of crazy shit. And like you look up pictures and there's huge waves hitting, crashing on the shore and it's like, what the fuck? That's an ocean. Yeah, I'm with it not calling it a lake anymore. I mean... You shouldn't be losing boats or jets, especially in a lake. Yeah, exactly. Tankers, military tankers. Like, what the fuck? You know uh, what you're this out of makes lake me territory. think of is that Kendrick Lamar. Remember when we were trying to figure out the shots? Yeah. And then we were like, a great lake. Yeah, we did. Because we were there like, was no bridge. It was like pulled up. Ocean or something. It was pool. Yeah, because it was like a couple of shots to like a swimming pool. And then it was like swimming pool to like a great lake, I think. Because we we're like, it has to be a big jump. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like ocean. A sea. We we're like, then it was a sea, then ocean. That's a really big. <laughs> That's a really big. That's a really big. <laughs> really big. <laughs> <laughs> really big. OMG. Where did you get that huge cigar? It's the size of a party sub sandwich. I went down to Big Blazing Cigars. They have the world's largest selection of the world's largest cigars. Does size matter? Wrap your lips around this monster and you tell me what you think. (laughs) Oh, Oh no, I can't handle it. Well, if you think you can handle Big Blazing Cigars, head on down and take a look at all that BBC has to offer. Do they have small cigars? No. Come on down. We have a limited edition t-shirt giveaway every weekend. Grab your I'm Down with BBC tees and be the talk of the town. I've made so many friends with my BBC t-shirt. Big blazing cigars. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. We're going to bring you back another installment of Math Madness. Or recipes for chaos. So tonight I am talking about Kurt Gödel. He had an immense effect upon scientific and philosophical thinking in the 20th century. He's actually considered along with like Aristotle and shit to be like one of the people that was like a significant logistician. Logistician. How do you say that? Logistician? Logic. Logistician? The person that talks about logic. Anyway. Um, so also, you know, like at a time when others like 
Bertrand Russell and Whitehead and Hilbert were using logic and set theory to investigate the foundations of, mat- of mathematics, building on earlier works right? like George Gregor Cantor, who I think we talked about a little. And, st- you know, he he was kind of like jumping off of these guys. Right. So he published his first works in 1931 when he was 25 years old and he was part of this whole Vienna circle. Right. So he's there. But he does this thing about the first incompleteness theorem. And the incompleteness theorem is simple in essence, but also just breaks your brain and broke all these mathematicians' brains. Whoa. He essentially constructed a formula that claims that it is unprovable in a given formal system. Like, if it was provable, it would be false. So there will always be at least one true but unprovable statement, which is just a logic, you know, argument, right? Which can be applied to a lot of different things, but in math it drove people kind of nuts so oh yeah so the idea has to be explained through math and that's what broke people's brains well just the fact that i think when you apply it to math it especially hurt people because they were like wait no math can be explained it's like one thing to be like oh human logic is one thing but it's just like i feel like when applied to math it got really like kind of the chaos took over and it was a like a lot of people talk about how it was a chaotic time and like people's ideas of everything were changing when this guy was coming up with these ideas so i think a lot of people were just like i don't like this change you know uh-huh so he's i mean he's honestly being called the greatest logist logist logician 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 since aristotle and so he was like like kind of like a solemn solitary pessimistic kind of dude like he became friends with einstein who was like super gregarious and like full of laughter but like they got along but they were like total opposite interesting yeah and like fucking like einstein you know like they eat a lot and stuff and got kind of fat but Gödel was like super skinny and like subsisted on like a diet of butter baby food and laxatives why like he was super scared of food because he was scared of food and he thought people were always trying to like poison him because of his fucking theories and math and he was he had like a tendency towards paranoia he didn't just make himself a sandwich or something he would have been no in fact he would have been scared of the bread and the meat and the cheese and stuff yeah that someone fucked with it and in fact he made his wife taste his food before he ate it which yeah, is fucked up. It's like, oh, you can die, but not me. I'm so important. And he like believed in ghosts and had like a morbid dread of being poisoned by refrigerator gases. He refused to go out when certain distinguished mathematicians were in town, apparently out of concern that they might try to kill him. Why would they do that? Because his theories were too crazy. That's what he thinks. Or that he th- they just didn't like what he was saying. He's like, every chaos is a wrong appearance. He insisted. The paranoics first axiom it's like he was like nothing is an accident like he was just seriously like anxious and they talked about how even by the age of five he suffered from mild anxiety and neurosis he had like rheumatic fever when he was eight and he had this like idea like for the rest of his life that his heart had been fatally damaged so he was always just like always scared of like everything he had a lot of anxiety dang this guy sounds like he had it rough this from a childhood age he was just panicking 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, intellectually, he was in the cafe culture of Vienna, the Vienna Circle, which was a group of thinkers united in their belief that, like, philosophy must be cleansed of metaphysics and be made over in the image of science. They were like, philosophy shouldn't have anything to do with gods or, like, eros or whatever. It's like, this has to do with science. Like, why do people feel this way? What is in the brain? And Gödel came up with an astonishing twist. He came up with this formula that was sort of saying something about numbers, but also said, like, I am not provable. Like, could it be lying? No, because if it were, that would mean it would be proved, which would make it true. So in inserting inserting that it cannot be proved, it has to be telling the truth. But the truth of this proposition can be seen only from the outside of the logical system. Inside the system, it is neither provable nor disprovable. The system then is incomplete. The conclusion that no logical system can capture all the truths of mathematics is known as the first incompleteness theorem. That's definitely something that somebody who is really anxious would come up with but it's true it's like girdle prove that no longer like that's the thing you'd think that right but part of what i think drives these men to be or these mathematicians to be in this state is that they were fucking right and no one believed them because it sounds so fucking crazy it's like how do you how is this true how is this a how is this not just babble right babbling but he proved that there was no logical system for mathematics could by its own devices be shown to be free from inconsistency a result known as a second incompleteness theorem so it's like like we were talking about before with the infinity theorems and all that stuff it's like there is things that are improvable and mathematicians to that point were like no fuck that math everything can be proved in math and he was like no and it like broke people's brains and so he like actually even presented this at a conference in Germany in 1930 and almost no one was able to make any sense of it. What could it mean to say that a math- mathematical proposition was true if there was no possibility of proving it? The very idea seemed absurd. So he was like, even if you can't prove it, that doesn't mean this isn't true. This theory, this theory could be true even if you can't prove it. And people were like, that's fucking crazy. They're like, this is absurd. But then slowly, people slowly accepted it as a possible yeah outcome? well like even people made fun of him like that's why he was scared because like even like great logisticians broter russell was baffled and he was like quoted saying like are we to think that two plus two is not four but 4.001 and he was asked decades later in dismay adding that he was just glad he was no longer working in mathematical logic he was like i just don't even want to think about this shit anymore whoa as as the significance of Gödel's theorems began to sink in, words like debacle, catastrophe, and nightmare were bandied about. It had been an article of faith that, armed with logic, like he he could get past this. But he really believed he had shown math- mathematics. It had like a robust reality that transcends any system of logic. He was like, it, it's something else. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like, logic is not the only route to knowledge. And that it like now after doing you know all these people doing acid and all of us having these like wild thoughts it's like sure that might we might take that for granted but 1930 people were like that's fucking insane, so he thought we had even like a mathematical intuition like an extrasensory perception of knowledge that was almost like God given you know how would he how would you have that from God, literally 
that he was like, God will give you this knowledge and, and that we, uh, we could have these things, these intuitions, if you tap into it. And he's like, our mental powers, it is argued, must outstrip those of any computer since computer is just a logical system running on hardware and our minds can arrive at truths that are beyond the reach of a logical system. So like he believed in this sort of like metaphysical idea of logic, where is like people like Turing was like, no, I'm a computer. Computers are the way to go. Computers are the most logical. And like Girdles was like, no, it can't possibly be that because logic is inherently human and incomplete and chaotic. And it was really breaking math. The math petitions were like, no, I want math to be math. I want it to be solid. And he was like, no. So how did he prove it? So he was 24 when he proved his incompleteness theorem. 20 wow. fucking four. In 1936, the Vienna Circle dissolved after its founder was assassinated by a deranged student. Wow. So here we have another example of what added to his paranoia. He wasn't wrong because one of his friends was killed by a fucking deranged math student. Also broke his brain with math. Yep. So he arrived in Princeton. He moved and he was in America now in 1940. And he met Einstein that he had actually had an office right above Einstein. And Einstein was like super excited to like hang out with him. Like people were like actually shocked. They were like, oh, and they became like fast friends. Like it's really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And so he talked about like if time travel is possible, the time itself is impossible. The past can be revisited a past that can be revisited, revisited has not really passed. So it's like, this is the kind of thinking, like, again, that will, like, break your fucking noodle, right? And the fact that the actual universe is expanding rather than rotating is irrelevant. Time, like God, is either necessary or nothing. If it disappears in one possible universe, it is undermined in every possible universe, including our own. So this was his theories. These were the things he was dealing with, and people were really, like not ready for it and he wasn't i mean in a way like because because people weren't ready he wasn't ready to like deal with backing it up i feel like which he could do so that's crazy too it's like when you can do it like you said yeah he's at princeton you're like i have proven this and then people are mad that it's real and he talks about like a deafening silence you know like philosophical prejudices like made it just like nobody wanted to hear about esoteric mathematics. It looked metaphysical. Like in to this day, Girdle's treated with condensation by philosoph philosophers who are like regard him as kind of like a logician par excellence, but a philosophical fool. Like they're just like, you don't make any fucking sense, but I guess your logic is solid. And it's like, wow, okay. How does that... That's like a contradiction of terms. I know. It's I like, know. you don't make any sense, but your logic is, uh, like, undeniable. It's like, how do... Does, what does that mean for the person who's trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So, again, he just... Uh, yeah. And, again, it's uh, it's like... A lot of what I like to talk about with this is... It's like, I don't need to delve into their, like, mathematics that much. It's like, it's fascinating, but I can barely understand them. What's fascinating to you is their life and how it really drove... How everything just essentially drove them to become more and more withdrawn. After Einstein died, he did become really withdrawn. He preferred to conduct all his conversations by telephone. Even if the person was a few feet away... Interesting. He'd be like, get on the phone. Yeah. When he really wanted to avoid somebody, he would schedule a rendezvous at like a previous time and place and make sure he was some a precise time and place and make sure he was like somewhere super far away, like take a train somewhere. Whoa. I wonder how he would feel about cell phones, you know? 
Oh, he'd love him probably. He's like, just text me. You don't talk to me ever. Yeah. And so like the honors that the world wished to bestow upon him made him like kind of like freak out. Like he's like, I don't know about this. And like he didn't really go out a lot. And so he showed up to collect an honorary doctorate in 1953 from Harvard where his incompleteness theorems were hailed as the most important mathematical discovery of the previous hundred years. Yeah. But he later complained that he had, like, a really bad time and everyone was, like, super boring and he hated going out. So it was really funny. Wow. Yeah, he had a horrible time. He had a hallucinatory episode and talked darkly of certain forces at work in the world, directly, like, submerging the good and stuff, like, fearing there was a plot to poison him. He persistently refused to eat because he thought someone was, was, like, poisoning him. So he basically starved himself? Yeah, because his friend got killed that... His name was Moritz Schlick was the guy who got killed by his student and he became obsessed like he was going to be poisoned only would eat stuff his wife made and then his wife was hospitalized in 1977 and so in her in her like absence he just refused to eat wow he was like you're not here to cook for me I don't trust anyone and he died of malnutrition and inanition, and he, which is essentially like dying from malnutrition and starving. Damn. He died at six. He was 65 pounds when he died. That's so little. 65 pounds is so, yep. so small. In 1978. It's like, again, this wasn't like some old timey shit. Like he really just couldn't handle it. And then his wife died like a few years later. Like she was, she lived through her thing. She could have come back and taken care of him, but he just couldn't deal with it so yeah can you believe that like he was so scared of being poisoned he starved himself to death that's such a bummer dude that's like so sad how are you so logical but you starve yourself to death it's like that is the math madness right there like isn't it logical you cook your fucking food and you won't poison yourself right like you trust your wife more than yourself Well, that's sort of like what I was saying, too. It's like, do you think that like your food is tainted, like your bread and your cheese and your mayonnaise or whatever? I guess. But why would why would her touching it be any different? Right. So you're just like, yeah. And it's not like, again, it wasn't 1878. This is fucking 80s almost like he knew he could cook for himself. So it's just like, whoa, weird. Yeah. He just kind of lost it, man. But anyway, once again. The outside forces and academia and then just his concepts alone was just something that twisted his noodle a little too far. But we thank you for it, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. R.I.P. Thanks Thanks for listening to the Blunt Letters podcast. Check out our website at thebluntletters.com, our new home on the interwebs for all things Blunt Letters. You can find all the Blunt Letters podcast episodes. Check out our blog and buy back issues of the Blunt Letters zine. Plus, get in touch with us with any suggestions, questions, or leave us a voicemail to be featured in an episode. You can follow our daily adventures and videos on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Cast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public to stay up to date on our new episodes. Wow, that's a lot. I know, right? Bye-bye.
hope AI doesn't take over. That would fucking suck. Sorry. Sorry.